0: Thanks so much for taking the time to chat about Oven Age. I uh, had the opportunity to see it last week and left a little teary-eyed and uh, have been thinking about it ever since. I le- When I left, I said to my friend, I feel like I'm going to be thinking about this for a few days and we're a good like four or five days after and I, I can't stop pondering sort of where these characters are now and uh, everything that you presented there. But I uh, wanted to start off with. You know, you won't be alone. Was such a big hit last year for me. Um, one of my favorites of the year. Um, it was your first feature, a poetic exploration of humanity, and it had that su- supernatural lens. And then here with Of an Age, you take a different approach. You, it's a different type of film. It explores unexpected romance, sexuality, coming of age. Why was Of an Age the follow-up? Why was this a film that you wanted to make?
1: Um. There was really honestly no strategy in a conscious way. Uh I'm I'm always stunned whenever anyone wants to, you know, give me money to make the film I want to make, <laughs> sure whichever one it happens to be. Um I mean I say that, but like I wrote um of an age so in about March 2020, I went to Eastern Europe to shoot You Won't Be Alone and then two days later flew home because pandemic. Um and then five months later I went back and this time we did manage to shoot the movie, which Thank God, But um, it was during that gap between those two experiences that I wrote of an age um, and came up with it. Like, you know, it wasn't an idea I had at the back of my head. The moment it hit me, I kind of sat down and I wrote it. Um, And... It was like, you know, I was my producer, I remember calling me about going, so I think you know, Serbia is a ghost, we'll be filming next month. I'm like, okay, great. I just wrote another script and we're doing this one next. We're like, okay, I just have <laughs> two questions. What language? What country? I'm like, <laughs> Australia, English. She's like, oh thank God. We can do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And that was it. That was just, <laughs> yeah. I was just excited about it, you know, because it was new. Um, and then um, yeah, that that was All that was, you know, uh, that was driving me, you know, I feel as um, people, you know, keep asking me if this film is autobiographical and, you know, uh, literally it isn't emotionally very much is. But I also said, you know, You Won't Be Alone is my life and soul just split between two different women. It just happens to be witches in the 19th century. (laughs) You know, I feel like (laughs) that in itself is an emotional autobiography in just a very different way. Um, and you know, I've just shot a third film, which I just finished editing, which again was a very intense emotional experience. And, you know, I'm realizing like it's so hard to, to, you know, not just get a film off the ground, but when you're shooting it and sort of like sometimes literally risking your life and definitely your sanity. To put all these things together, like it needs to always feel worth it and very few things do. So I just chased that feeling of knowing it'll definitely be worth it. You know, there wasn't ever a moment where I felt on of an age of like, why am I doing this? Um, sure. It was always that sense of, I mean, you know, I don't know if it's going to be any good. you <laughs> anyone watches it or like, you know, the final goal of that feeling that, you know, ideally it leaves you with for ideally, you know, days and days. That sure. That's worth it. You know, that's what I'm chasing. And yeah, that, that's kind of how it came about.
0: Gordon, you just mentioned the emotional weight of the movies that you make. And I remember uh, back last year, I think I was participating in one of the junkets for You Won't Be Alone. And I can't remember who it was, but I remember someone mentioning that Behind the camera, you're so invested in the emotions that your actors are portraying on the screen. And I remember that being such a really phenomenal thing to hear that, you know, you're along for the ride with them. What is it about these emotionally heavy movies? And you just said you finished a third one that's also emotionally heavy. Um, What is it about the emotional heavy films that really drive you? Mm -hmm. I think, again, it's
1: that for something to be worth it, it needs to, you know, you need to feel it in your whole body at all times. You know, it can't just be a cerebral or strategic decision, um, cause I don't, I don't feel like that works. Um, and, and also the feelings build, you know, as much as something can be moving while you're writing it, then it becomes more and more real. Um, and not just my own feelings, but like, I I feel like, it happened on all my films, but especially in an urban age, um, the characters evolved based on who was cast. Um, when I cast Elias to play the lead, um, initially when his uh, audition tape came through, and it came quite late because he, he was the opposite to what was described on page physically and in many other ways. Oh, really? Um, yeah, yeah, completely. And I mean, he looks a lot like me, so I think that's how he eventually got filtered through. <laughs> um, and you know, not a not a lot of boys look like me or him in the Australian arts circles, uh, if you know what <laughs> I mean. Um, so um, anyway, like in many ways, he was very different to how he was how the character was described. But like, there was a, a rawness and a sense of a life lived in his eyes, yeah. and an emotional way to even just the simplest. Things he was saying that i was like my first instinct was like well he's obviously all wrong for the lead but like he has to be in a movie somehow and like let's find a role and nothing was quite working um and then there was a sense of like imagine this story and these feelings but uh, but as in the shape of him rather than you know the abstract boy you initially imagined And I was much more interested in that movie than I was in the one I came up with. Like, you know, it wasn't suddenly like, and then especially after meeting him, you know, I was like, I want his soul documented as much as, you know, I want my own or other people I love in my life. Um, Or, you know, same with Hattie, who plays Ebony. There's this, you know, people don't understand how much she improvised (laughs) the along the way. Oh, wow. You know, this girl who's, you know, it's her first movie um and you know a lot of the improv would come out of conversations we've had but also there's something of her that that comes through in that and like it becomes the more the character becomes real then every feeling has a greater weight. Yeah. um and that was it with all of them you know tom uh who plays adam improvised uh quite a bit and uh, like you, I, I you also become so connected to them, uh, inevitably spending all this time together. And we we're shooting it during a wave of COVID, so we have to be quite isolated. So we weren't even exposed to many, many other people at all. Okay. Um, so you know, there's a connection that builds, and they're about to land here. I'm mean, in San Francisco at the moment in like an hour, and just keep checking my phone to make sure they're. I've become like a little bit their dad. Actually, I think I'm the mom, my producer Christina is the dad. We refer to <laughs> Um, I'm definitely mom on set with the cast, dad with the crew. <laughs> 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 you know, there, so all of those things build up essentially. That's um, I think it, it, I never am that confident or aware of whether it's going to come across to a viewer. Uh, you know, and I'm, you know, ultimately I think a film is what comes across to the viewer and not what happens on set. But it, it, with you won't be alone. A lot of the feelings we had, I, I could notice in the way people would write about the film. Uh, that things came through and I think uh, so far it seems with this one as well it's the same thing and you know that's the most rewarding thing
0: yeah absolutely there's an authenticity that was there with you won't be alone and is certainly there with of an age it's it's something that you know I can't pinpoint in either film where it ensnares you but at some point you realize that you're incredibly invested in the characters that are put forth uh, and especially with of an age, I mean, right until that final scene and the way it ends without getting into that, you know, I, I just, I, again, I've been thinking about the characters a lot and I think it comes down to the performances as well. Um, Tom and Elias were incredible in those roles. You mentioned how Elias's, uh, role or the character itself evolved a lot. How about Adam with, uh, with that role? Was that always sort of how you envisioned, uh, that being portrayed?
1: essentially that 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 was the creepiest thing really because um with everything (laughs) like to me i'm never you know i i I go in with a vision for sure of course we all do but i'm never like tied to the way i picture the film in advance um i i I usually try to see what's in front of me and i'm you know i'm used to my background was in like you know diy short films like if you go in trying to control shit you're never going to get anywhere you're not going to get anything finished so it's this thing like i'm very used to, to turning up on set and going what's in front of me it matches nothing of what I wrote, but how do we shape this into something that, you know, gives you either a similar feeling or, you know, something that is as worthwhile, essentially. Um, so I'm not used to ending up with a character performance in screen that really closely matches what I envisioned. And, um, yeah, it's freakish. <laughs> it's, it's like, even from his first read through, and, and it was such a coincidence as well, because, like, um Apart from the main casting pro- process that was happening, I, I was running other things in the background in consultation with my casting agent. <laughs> um, but, you know, I went through like every indie Australian film made in 10 years and like every graduation tape made by all of the, you know, drama schools for three, uh, for 10, 15 years. And when, uh, Tom, when I came across Tom, it was in a, uh, it was just clips from a film he had made called um, Down River, um, which is also very much worth checking out um and there weren't even showy acting like it wasn't a crying scene or whatever you know it was just g- genuinely him like wandering around and walking into a cafe and just the way he walked and interacted mm-hmm. it just felt like it's, you're watching a human being not someone acting you know um it felt very lived in somehow um and i was like i emailed my casting agent like that hour ago who is this guy can you me, like send him you know approach him and she's like oh that's so random his um audition tape just came through like an hour ago. <laughs> and I watched it and like it was the first one I watched um actually and what was happening in his eyes and it wasn't even like because I didn't have a concrete vision of what Adam looks like but I think the eyes and what was going on with the eyes is what it, it's kind of like it's hard to kind of it's more like a vibe with eyes that I'm picturing <laughs> when I'm writing, essentially." And what was happening, with his? it was just so close. You know, like, the first delivery was already, like, this doesn't even, barely needs direction or development, frankly. <laughs> um, and we met uh, via Zoom. He lived in Sydney at the time. And, like, you know, we just had a random conference. Like, we got along very well. He brought up his pubic hair immediately for no <laughs> reason. Um, definitely wasn't asking for it. Um, so that was... The, <laughs> it's an interesting
0: casting process you're running. Yeah, over. And he's like
1: the exact <laughs> opposite personality to what's on screen. That's the other thing. Everyone kind of like falls in love with him and just tries to meet him. And they're like, you know, he's not that guy at all. You know. Um, but what? Uh, it, but also, what was happening on set that I, I was, you know, only half appre- half consciously appreciating at the time. I, uh, while I'm on set, I'm only thinking, what's the problem I have to fix? There isn't a problem. I'm not going to think about this right now. So what was happening is he was very you know Adam is a little bit of a nurturer as a character and what Tom Tom, I never would describe like that if on the surface but like he was very much a nurturer with the younger actors on on set he he was you know a rock for them as much as I ever could be you know um he was my (laughs) (laughs) co-parent um and yeah so I think um and, and with him the conversation was about, you know, building in, like, you know, uh, answering every question and just building in the backstory and the, the story world of, 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 you know, these characters. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was a very, like, yeah, I'm still stunned, even just watching it on set on the monitor and just, like, this character coming to life so easily you know there wasn't a bad take <laughs> you know
0: it's interesting to hear you talk about the eyes because there are a number of shots in here where you really do focus in on the on the face so either either one of the characters mm-hmm. um and it's again i think that just humanizes them and you see you know in the teary scenes you see uh you know adam tom is adam tearing up slowly and it kind of catches you off guard and Elias is doing the same thing um it's again i think that authenticity that really just drives the movie forward
1: um, no, it also doesn't feel like you know especially if you know them it doesn't feel like they're acting in that moment like you realize they're genuinely feeling these feelings so you know it's impossible to kind of um not for me anyway it's impossible to not respond to it because it's not someone trying to you know do an Oscar clip like you or to show off right? there's no awareness of that like we're, we're all so in the moment and even with the way we shoot like uh action just means the crew is ready and everything's filming but it doesn't mean you start straight away like sometimes it was like three minutes like you know Elias would literally be lying in bed trying to f- actively fall asleep so it looks like he's waking up <laughs> you know for <laughs> real uh, but the actors kind of you know we gave they had time and they, they worked in their own time so feelings you know don't always come on schedule and if they do they're fake so with them like it was only, it wasn't an instruction, but it's an instinct. It's only when the feeling hits that you kind of go to that part of what the scene is written or build on it. You know, sometimes you do something that wasn't there, wasn't written, but the feeling is driving you. So it needs to come from a place that is physical, you know, more than cerebral. Sure.
0: That's excellent. I'm just keeping an eye on the time here. And I have two more questions. Do you have a favorite scene from the film that uh, stands out to you or one that maybe has a funny story behind it?
1: Oh, uh, I don't I... know. Like the one that I always, it's so random when he's, it's in the early section, the moment he hangs up and runs <laughs> past those power lines um, <laughs> to get to his friend's house to get the dress, like, those are, like, that's where I live. Th- those are literally the power lines I was running to, I mean, I wasn't running to pick up a dress. I was running to catch Isabella Pair in the only showing, you know, piano teacher had in Melbourne, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I was even gayer
0: than he was. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. So that yeah, wasn't like that an happens. outfit from your personal collection that he was Sorry? using in the film? So? That wasn't an outfit from like your personal no, collection? No, okay. I,
1: was, I was very, you know, I, I, my, my mission was always to not stand out in my clothes. So that's <laughs> very different for me. I as understand well. that. <laughs> but also, it was the thing, like just that song. I, and, uh, you know, I've played it to a, a couple of people from the Balkans because we all grew up with it. And it's just. It hits you in a special way if you know the context and um also none of us are used to that kind of needle drop and you know a song comes on and it's something that you grew up with we're, we're used to like absorbing western pop culture and that's how you engage whereas that song which is called Kirby," i will spell it for you <laughs> you know it's it's not something you ever heard in a movie much less in this kind of context so like and it's not even anyway it, it's just I cannot describe to you the feeling of like, wow, this could not be more me. So it's not technically autobiographical, but I swear, like, this is insane when I see that sequence.
0: You made a film that you're even finding ways to identify with unintentionally. Absolutely. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm shocked by it.
0: Gorm, what do you hope that people take from the film at the end of the day?
1: Oh, I think, again, it's not a feeling I want to define. Uh, if, if It's... I think if you can verbalize a feeling, you should write the, the book on <laughs> it. <Everything laughs> the movie needs to be something you can't quite put into words. And, you know, th- there's th- the sense of, like, I don't want to describe it a, a weight in my chest, but, like, a pressure in my chest that it gives me, you know, and it stays with me for days. Yes. So when you describe something that stays with you for days, or, like, when people come up to me at the end of a movie and they say, hey, you just told my story um and some of them are gay men a lot of them are straight women you know like that is really what makes me feel like everything is worth it you know Uh, because it's hard to make films a lot of the time and then experiencing that feeling you know in various cities around the world from mining towns to like you know san francisco (laughs) um yeah that's that's what it that's what i dream of and hope for i guess
0: I think as a gay man and myself, I really appreciate the, the LGBTQIA storytelling. And I wonder, is that something that you're hoping to continue to, to do to tell more stories in that? Oh, space? I mean, I, I've just finished uh,
1: editing my third film, which is plenty gay. Sure um, yeah. Um, I think that one has more sex scenes. Um, <laughs> lesbians as gay men all sorts of things so (laughs) let me assure you the gayness is not about to like decline in my work excellent Um, and then movies going forward i mean yeah a lot of them are queer stories um not always love stories but inevitably um queer love plays a massive role in, in, in a queer person's life um so yeah that you know again for me to make a film it needs to be I need to feel it very intensely and feel very intensely connected to it and inevitably a queer story uh, not always a male one admittedly but is something that I I you know glam onto very quickly sure. um, yeah.
0: well Goran I, I said it earlier that both of these films I just was absolutely enthralled with there's so much heart in them and it's it's obvious that there's so much care not only with the the actors that are on screen but the filmmaking in general so i just appreciate both films they're so great they're so um, impactful and different in different ways uh so i just thank you for that wish you all the best in the future and thank you for taking the time with me today to talk about oven age oh
1: thanks jared no it's really moving to hear all of this Uh, especially anyone who's seen both my films i'm already (laughs) 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 um no it's really moving to hear it so thank you so much Absolutely, absolutely.